Hello and welcome to episode 360 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always joined by Evan Silva. And today we have a very, very special guest. This is a young man who's been crushing the awards market betting at ETR, crushing the waiver wire column. It is, of course, the one you know, the one you love, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, how's it going, buddy? Going good, man. Pleasure, pleasure to join you guys today. Pleasure to have you, Evan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, it's been a, a, a crazy offseason, of course, but things are starting to slow down, and we can take some time to look at the team win totals market. We'll be talking plenty of draft over the next several weeks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is our specialist when it comes to futures, and so this should be a very informative podcast. As Evan alluded to on today's show, we're going to talk about one of my personal favorite off-season markets. It is NFL win totals. They're up. They're out. For those of you who don't know, NFL win total is simply a bet on how many games a team will win in the upcoming season. So, for example, if the Eagles line is 8.5 and and you bet the over and they win 9 games, you win the bet. If they win less than 8.5, you lose the bet if you bet the over. We're going to talk about a few teams here as we get into it. Before we get into it, Wanted to let everyone know this show is indeed brought to you by the brand new EstablishTheRun.com golf product. We launched for the Masters with the information I think that you need to compete in DFS golf, base projection, ceiling projection, odds to make the cut, all from Rufus Peabody, aka the King, and then also our ownership projections and surrounding content and context. Around the projections, head to the subscribe page for more. All right, we've identified some teams and lines that we think are interesting to talk about i want to start with uh, let's let's start with some of these teams that like man they look really bad on paper right the falcons look really bad on paper the seahawks look really really bad on paper that's reflected in the market keep in mind now that we are dealing with 17 game seasons so if people have been betting win totals in the past you know some of the lines might look different to you um there's another game Atlanta, there's some four and a halfs out there, which is really, really low for a 17 game season. There are five and a halfs out there. Seattle, there are five and a halfs out there. There is a six and a half up as well. Ryan, how do you think about these teams that are just like so bad on paper? But man, in a 17 game season, only winning five games is, is not all that difficult. Yeah, agreed on that part. Um, they're both very similar. Both teams are looking at a quarterback downgrade. Uh, as you said, both rosters are bottom tier rosters where they're probably in play for being a top five draft pick next year. Um, on Seattle's end, they they have a ma- more manageable schedule, but we basically need them to beat everyone they're supposed to and then knock off a few teams that are better than them. And generally speaking, I'm comfortable on betting against teams in situations like that. With yeah. Atlanta, uh, most, they went six and two in one score games last year. Their seventh win came they won by eight. So every game was kind of a toss up for them. They go from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota. If you're looking to bet the under there, basically the path of them doing better is Arthur Smith helps Marcus Mariota resurrect his career. That's pretty much the path of them exceeding expectations. Yeah. They're also in a position where maybe they draft a quarterback this year. So. Oh, I definitely think they're in play to take a quarterback for sure. By the way, the Seahawks do have the fourth easiest strength of schedule adjusted for win totals. You can find that on our friends at Sharp Football website. But yeah, I mean, Evan, this Seahawks team, the thing about these teams that are like 
trying to quote unquote rebuild with like boomer coaches. I don't know if the boomer coaches are like up for the rebuild. You know what I mean? Right. And like the Seahawks are like sending all kinds of mixed signals. I know we've been very critical of what they've done this offseason. What do you think about the Seahawks and this like six and a half, five and a half range? Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're going to struggle. I mean, I it's it's so strange to rebuild with a seventy year old coach, you know. And Russell Wilson was carrying them, you know. I mean, they, Russell Wilson has been carrying them for years. You see the the statistics, you know, that he would put up like Pat Thorman would put up statistics on Twitter showing that like you know Russell Wilson his performance in uh, you know the fourth quarters of games has just been absolutely stellar in the, in the second half bringing them back you know they really haven't been great on defense mm-hmm. in a while and their offense was really carrying him you know on Russell Wilson's uh, carrying them on Russell Wilson's back and they're not very good on the o line not very good on defense. I mean, they have just so many issues. They're, we're ta- they're talking about they're trying to talk up Drew Locke. Sure. I think they uh, they might draft a quarterback in the first round. You know, maybe mm-hmm. trade back into the back end. I don't think they, they're necessarily going to take one at nine. Maybe if Kenny Pickett fell there, but I think we could see them trade back into the first round for a, a Desmond Ritter type. Uh, Matt Corral also has been linked to them, but I mean, they're they're in a, a true rebuild phase. I think. Yeah. And, and even though it doesn't make any sense, when it comes to Atlanta, they've got AJ Terrell, Kyle Pitts, a couple of offensive linemen, and just nothing else. Yeah, you know. And, and one thing though, I think is that you know inside inside the division, it's a little bit scary because Carolina is really bad too, mm-hmm. and New Orleans is beatable. And so that's a little bit scary to me. And I think that Arthur Smith is a pretty legit coach and five and a half wins in a 17 game season is just, it's so little. And, and that's where um, I get trepidation about betting there under. I mean, I, we're in, you know, in complete lockstep that these two teams are really bad and that they're going to be really bad, but it's just, it's, it's so few wins to, to get there, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I think you can get six and a half on Seattle. I like the under there. I think they're going to be really, really bad and difficult. Uh, ish division i know the out of division schedule is pretty easy um atlanta ryan brought up a great point about atlanta when you're thinking about this like win differential and the pythagorean stuff like i mean it's so obvious that atlanta's won more games than they should have last year they just got so so lucky in close games so many times i want to bring up the chiefs ryan because everybody likes to talk about the chiefs obviously one of the best teams in the league but you know this was at 11 for a little bit their win total i definitely like the under there I kind of like the under on 10 and a half. They have the hardest schedule in the entire NFL. I mean, it's not even close. Obviously, the division is awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, the Broncos are very, very good. The Chargers are very, very good. The Raiders are at least decent. And then out of division, I mean, the Chiefs have to play the Bills. They have to play the Rams. They have to play the 49ers. They have to play the Bucks. They have to play the Bengals. They have to play the Colts. They'll play the Cardinals. I mean, at, out of division, their schedule is really hard. Also, they lost Tyreek. Hill, I think actually like non-quarterback moves, I think are typically so overrated. Losing Tyreek Hill, I think is kind of a big deal to the Chiefs. So I think under 10 and a half is still okay. What do you think about this one, Ryan? Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Um, one thing I'd add is everyone in the division got better and they got worse. Tyreek Hill is one of those guys who he's going to fundamentally change how they play offense. So I'm with you all the way there. Evan, can we say bad things about the Chiefs? I, I feel like... Uh, the public is going to still be on the over because they want to bet yeah. on Patrick Mahomes. I, I think under's the right side, but I don't know, man. What do you think about what's going on in the AFC West? 
Yeah, they've won the division like eight years in a row or, or something just insane. Yeah. Um, you know, and Andy Reid just gets double-digit wins every single year. It, it's a tough one for me. Like, I it, I think it's a pass. Uh, by the way, the division odds now are Chiefs still the favorite at plus 160, okay. Chargers plus 250, Broncos plus 250, Raiders plus 600. I, I don't, wouldn't even touch any of those teams. Yeah, it's just an awesome division, man. Yeah. It really is an awesome, awesome, awesome. They're going to beat up on each other. It's it's probably going to be you know decided by like who has the fewest injuries. Yeah, you know I mean, and that's the that that's you know not fun analysis, but like very oftentimes like that is, you know I mean these teams that like win the Super Bowl and you know win a ton of games like they're they stay healthy you know for for the for the vast majority, and that you know that's probably what's going to come down to in the AFC West. What a loaded division. Speaking of staying healthy in the AFC West, the Chargers have had talent for so long, and it seems like they always suffer more injuries than everybody else. Maybe that's just like in my head. Maybe that's like bias because I'm always think that they're a good team and I like betting on their futures. And then they just end up getting it shoved down my throat with injuries to so many key players. This year, this might be their most talented team. I don't know. I, I can remember for the Chargers in a really long time, and they're absolutely loaded. Chargers are at 10. I mean, their, their total is not that far off. From the Chiefs, Ryan, what do you think about the Chargers? Uh, I think 10 minus 110 is the best line if you like over on FanDuel. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at Justin Herbert's a very legitimate MVP candidate. They maintain their offense for the most part. I would really like it if they were able to add a true deep threat in the draft. I think that would be a difference maker for them. Um, Defensively, they definitely got better. Adding Khalil Mack to Joey Bosa gives them most likely the best edge rush duo in the league. I have some concerns with J.C. Jackson leaving New England and not taking a step back a little bit. Pretty much everyone who leaves New England doesn't exactly do as well elsewhere. Um, One aspect of the Chargers that concerns me a little bit is the coaching staff's ability to adapt. While Brandon Staley's a smart guy, and uh, I'll admit that going for it on their own 30 against the Raiders made me clutch my pearls a little bit because I'm a bit of a, a a, you know, headbutt the guy in the teeth guy when it comes to football. So... I think he's a smart guy, but I'm a little bit concerned about their ability to adapt for opponents. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Staley definitely did some odd things last year, but like directionally, I feel like he was correct in the way that he tried to build the team. I know we just talked about the AFC West. Evan, any more thoughts on the Chargers? Well, you know, adding Khalil Mack and JC Jackson have been the headline additions for the Chargers, but they also invested a lot into like big interior run defenders just so that they have that element, you know, on that fourth down, you know, giving up or, you know, giving up a big run to Josh Jacobs, you know, in the the situation where he caught a ton of heat. I mean, they straight up couldn't stop the run. We talk about this a lot. Brandon Staley is smart enough to know that, you know, you can play like mediocre run defenses. You're almost trying to lull your opponent into running against you. But there is a cliff drop. You cannot be, you know, this much of a sieve in run defense. And they were that much of a sieve last year. And they went out and they got, you know, Austin Johnson and, you know, big dudes who can plug the middle. And, and you can, I, I think that their approach to the offseason was on point um, because that was just – it was too much of a weakness. You can have weaknesses. Every team has weaknesses. But you can't have it be that big of a weakness that you can't, like, you know, just – stop the run in in situations where you do need to stop the run let's go to let's go to one that evan likes uh giants have been one of our teams that we thought did the best job this offseason in terms of coaching in terms of personnel changes 
There's some six and a halfs out there on Giants. There's also some sevens. And by the way, like there's like wild discoveries. And Ryan does a great job in all his articles of pointing these out. But like you need to have money on multiple books if you need sign up bonus, the best sign up bonus offers by state. Go to our betting tab and check out the sportsbook offers page. But yeah, you need to have money on all the books because like on the Giants, there's six and a halfs out there. There's sevens and some of these other teams, you know, there's five and a half and there's four and a half out there just makes such a huge difference. But Evan, anyway, Evan, go ahead on which side you like on the Giants around six and a half. Yeah, I don't have really firm takes, um, you know, right now on many win totals, but the one I do like, and if you could find it at six and a half, I think it's a beautiful bet, but I, I would take it at seven and that's the over on the Giants win total. It's just the... The improvement in coaching going from Jason Garrett and, and Joe Judge running the offense to Brian Dable running the offense, I think is going to be dramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not as much of a Daniel Jones truther as Adam is. But, I mean, I think that, the, you know, he's a talented player. Like, it's not like he's completely lacking in talent. And I think that they're going to put him in situations to succeed. I like the little, you know, one-year and – uh, you know, one-year flyers that they're throwing at guys on the offensive line, like uh, John Feliciano. I really like the pickup of Mark Lewinsky mm-hmm. to play guard. Uh, their, you know, their left tackle Andrew Thomas really struggled as a rookie. He came on last year. I think you can feel pretty good about him. Um, and I, I like the direction of the defense. They, they've got a, you know, they've got they're picking at what number five and number seven. You know, I think they could add a corner and an edge. And, like, all of a sudden, I think that their defense is something that, you know, to contend with. I know Ryan Reynolds, though, is a Giants fan. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. But, they but, have but a, he's a pessimist, though, you know, a pessimistic all, fan. Yeah, all these Giants fans are, are miserable, just like Ryan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, ever since the Eli days. Uh, Ryan, they do have an incredibly soft schedule. I mean, they play NFC North and AFC South. Out of division, they also get a game against the Seahawks. I mean, it, it's soft for sure for the Giants. What do you think about them? Evan Ingram, uh, addition by subtraction. <laughs> it's been a long decade as a Giants fan. And as you said, uh, every time I leave the house, someone asks me about the Giants. So the one thing that I always say is for the first time in a long time, they have a plan, which is the thing I'm most optimistic about. With Daniel Jones, like Adam says, he's still young. I'm not really a Daniel Jones truther either. But he does a few things well. Good RPO guy. He's he's a good runner, although he can't stay healthy when he runs, which is a big issue. The offensive coaching upgrade, like you said, is enormous. Schedule, like you said, too, is very manageable. And I think we – I don't know if we all agree on this, but Dallas got worse this year, too. They bled some talent, um, so the door's open. I also like that the Giants signed professional guards, which should help Jones. And like you said, I mean, whether they take a corner and an edge at five and seven – or they take an offensive tackle on an edge. They're, they're in a position to get two guys that could really make an impact. And I'm probably a little pessimistic on their ability to hit the over, but that that division's winnable. So I'm interested on that front. Yeah. I mean, you can make upgrades in a lot of places. Upgrading a coaching and offensive line, I feel like can actually make like a really quick difference. And that's what the Giants have done this off season. Let's stay in New York and go to the Jets. Ryan, I mean... Zach Wilson's rookie year, I thought was scary, but maybe, maybe it was due to all the offensive line injuries and they were just an absolute mess from all, from so many different perspectives. But Zach Wilson, once he lost his offensive line, it was just like, forget it. What do you think about the Jets? You can find five, five and a halves out there. Um, if they were in the NFC, I'd really like them. 
uh, even maybe as like a sneaky playoff ad, I'd be looking at Robert Salah as a coach of the year candidate in that yeah. scenario too. The AFC is just so loaded that um, I still think they beat five, five and a half wins, but it's I'm less optimistic than I would be otherwise. Yeah, well, they they have one of the league's hardest schedules for sure. I mean, so so yeah, that that goes to your point about AFC versus NFC. Yeah, um, well, I saw some good things about Wilson. He was definitely inconsistent, like you said, offensive line injuries. Corey Davis and Moore didn't really play together. Uh, I'd like to see what he can do when he has everyone. Uh, they knocked off the Titans. They knocked off the Bengals. They gave the Bucks a real game, and they're in a position to add secondary help too, which should help their defense. That's like their real weakness there. So. I'm optimistic, but cautiously because of the the difficult. Evan, is Zach Wilson's rookie year salvageable? I think that he showed just, you know, a a variety of weaknesses that showed up when you watched him play in college. And he wants to do so many things out of structure. And he was able to get away with that in college. And he was not able to get away with that as a rookie. But I do think that he progressed as the season progressed. He was not, you know, you remember Makai Becton? I mean, what he went out like in week one and it was like he never came back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I like the little moves that Joe Douglas makes. I think that Joe Douglas is a legitimately smart GM, even on down to like re-signing Braxton Berrios, who's an all-pro return man and might, you know, get a shot to be their – you know, to play a lot in the slot this year, re-signing him like on a cheap deal, I think, you know, moves like that are smart. I like what he's done on the, to build the offensive line. Um, you know, they still have a ways to go from a roster standpoint. Uh, but I, I do expect Zach Wilson to take a, a step here in year two. Um, you know, just working with that, you know, working in that Kyle Shanahan system, they added two professional tight ends as well. I mean, they've had issues at tight end, Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzoma is going to give them more flexibility from like a personnel package standpoint. I mean, they're they're an interesting team. I'll say yeah. that. I, I'm not, I'm not betting on them, but they're an interesting team. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I want to stay with a team in kind of that same range. Uh, Jacksonville spent a lot of money in the off season. They got a coaching change. Urban Meyer was just an absolute disaster. So those are the good things. Did they spend money on guys that actually make a difference? I think that's the question, Evan. I know we've been critical of Trent Baalke. What do you think about the Jaguars here at six and a half or so? Yeah. You know, what they did is they went and signed a bunch of like NFL starters. I mean, they're starters, but they're really, they're not needle moving players. And they paid Mm -hmm. them like at the top of the market, every guy at the top of the market, you know. And, I mean, look, uh, to some extent, you have to do that. They had the money to spend. They've got a quarterback on a rookie deal. You know, they got to shoot their shot. Trent Balk is trying to save his job. You know, so I get it. Um, I'm, I'm a little shell-shocked because I like <laughs> – it's embarrassing to say now. But I, I, I like the Jaguars at, like, plus 800 or plus 700 to win the division last year, and that was just, you know, a complete disaster. Yeah. Um, but uh, – I, I don't know. I, I think that they're. I think they're back in the same range now. After, and they got better. And, and you have to expect that Trevor Lawrence is, is uh, going to get better. Well, addition by subtraction with Urban Meyer, also the Jaguars right. last year, you can make really good case was the worst team in the league. I mean, I know they lost the most games, but also their win differential was a uh, point differential. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. was the worst in the entire league. Lost 204 points. Any thoughts on the Jaguars, Ryan, or do you want to go to the last one? 
No, uh, I, I agree with everything Evan said, including I also was interested in them winning the division at plus, you know, plus 1,000. Yeah. You know, it was a winnable division. They just, obviously, Urban Meyer was more than a problem, where Doug Peterson, who I'm kind of like lukewarm on, is a significant upgrade in stability, his offense, RPOs, Trevor Lawrence might actually run proactively under Doug Peterson. But I feel like ultimately, while they did get better, this feels like the sort of offseason where the GM ends up getting fired over it in the next couple of years, right? Yep. All right. Last one I want to hit on is the uh, New England Patriots. Evan, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Devontae Parker signing yet. Why don't you go ahead on Devontae Parker to New England from a fantasy perspective to start and then any thoughts on New England eight and a half? Well, they're going to run the ball at one of the highest you know rates in the NFL. I mean, I don't think that they're going to really open it up. I think that this is how they want to play. You know, a lot of Ramondre Stevenson, a lot of Damian Harris. Mm -hmm. They brought back James White, you know. So, I don't know, Devontae Parker is, you know, he's a really talented guy. You know, we, we've been through this for years and years and years. Um, he struggles to stay healthy, you know, and they're, they're not going to throw the ball a lot. So. They're just so, like, they're so slow. Like, Jacoby, I like Jacoby. I, know, I like Devontae I Parker. Born is, they're just so slow. Right. Like, they don't threaten anyone, you know. No. So... I don't know. In fantasy, like, I think it'd be like a wide receiver four who, you know, gives you some wide receiver three weeks, maybe, you know, a one or two wide receiver two weeks or something like that. Cause I mean, he's got big playability, but I, I don't think he's going to be like, you know, a 10 target guy or anything yeah. per week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my initial take on the Devontae Parker thing was he'll be overdrafted. I think people will be more excited than they should be to draft uh, Devontae Parker. But yeah, uh, any thoughts on eight and a half? Go ahead, Ryan, on Patriots eight and a half. I mean, the primary issue with them is they've bled talent and everyone, not everyone in the AFC, but most teams in the AFC have gotten better. So in order for them to beat eight and a half, Mac Jones needs to take a bit of a leap. And you have Belichick, who is a strategic edge against virtually everyone. But I understand what they're trying to do on offense. They sign Bourne and Algalore, try to, you know, perimeter burners. They're not elite perimeter burners, but they overpaid for those two guys. Belichick's always wanted a two tight end offense or Johnny Smith disappointed last year. They have the two runners you mentioned. James White's a check down guy for a pocket passer like Mac Jones. And Parker's another guy who can operate in the middle, operate in the seed. So I, I just don't think versus the other options in the AFC, that offense is good enough to really hang, and the defense got worse. Yeah, for sure. Um, by the way, Patriots have the 24th most difficult, or uh, eighth most difficult schedule in the league. Um, per the opposing win totals as calculated by Warren yeah. Sharp again. We we obviously know the um the opponents, but yep. the uh, actual schedule will come out two weeks after the draft. Yep, exactly. We'll know the order of them, but yeah, we know the actual the opponents right now. All right, appreciate everybody checking it out here. Hope you guys enjoyed our discussion of win totals. Ryan, tell the people where they can find you. Um, I do a lot of stuff for you guys. Obviously, uh, I do some uh, NFT related stuff for our friends at on the moment. Nice. And, you know, I'll be I'll be doing some awards content next week. Nice. What about on the Twitter machine, Ryan? That's where that's where everybody knows that's where the real winners are is on Twitter. Tell them where they can find you on Twitter. I'm Ryan Reynolds at Ryan Reynolds NFL at Ryan Reynolds NFL. There you go. All right. We'll be back next week as we start to uh, dive into more draft topics for later this month's NFL Draft.
If you have not yet subscribed to us here on YouTube or anywhere podcasts are found, it is indeed free. Hit the subscribe button. For Evan, for Ryan, for Producer Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody.